0: There's only one Tyson
1: Fury.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Norwich Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me, as always, Martin Theobald. Hello. The globetrotting news journalist globe-trotting. superstar. Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> country trotting. Country Lo- trotting, London yeah. trotting.
1: About, what, 90 miles <laughs> yeah. home, yeah. 90 mile trotting, Martin yeah, miles. Yeah.
0: Um, welcome to the pod, everyone. We um, We're going to do a bit of a heavyweight special today. Um, Based on the fact that there is nothing to talk about.
1: Well, not forthcoming, particularly.
0: Um, So, um, instead of, um, say, previewing fights that are miles off, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the world of heavyweights, which is moving... Uh, it seems to ever move, uh, sort of, there's more news in it. Yeah, mm. I
1: think the, the stagnation that there was almost under Klitschko yeah. has uh, dissipated somewhat. And now there's, uh, you know, it's almost like a, a massive iceberg's been broken up and it's starting to shift around a little bit and uh, there's pieces
0: everywhere and new names that are coming up. So uh, yeah, we'll have a look at it. Yeah, okay. So I, I suppose the best place to start is uh, the hay fight last night? The hay fight last night, Yeah. Um, you were there. I was there. I was covering it.
1: It was, uh, it was good. Um, I had a look at home because I haven't watched it back on Dave. As of you yet. haven't? No. Okay, okay. Yeah, I watched it on Dave. It, it was, was, um... So it started off with the music, right? Am I thinking they showed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I, I, was that woman wearing a dressing gown? Because it looked to me like she had a dressing gown. I, 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 a woman in a white dressing gown, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch it too closely because um, it's not my cup of tea. I, I
0: was... I was... um I sort of... When I flicked it on, I had it sort of playing in the background for a bit and then I sort of... I sort of paid attention as they were starting to do the ring walks. is what I started Um, Mark Demorey, Is it Mark DeMory? Came out? Yeah. Um, he, he came out and... Uh, and... Uh, and then, then the David Hay music started playing, and I think I was texting you at the time, wasn't I? And you were like, "The music's playing, but he's not here." Well, the camera had actually gone into his dressing room, and he still didn't have his gown on. <laughs> and the whole like, the, the whole of his sort of entourage were milling about inside the thing. The music was there. I thought, I can see this as some sort of delaying tactic. It makes sense, but um, yeah, he was. It's definitely <laughs> taking his time. Um, yeah. Trying to psych out Demore, which he clearly didn't need to do. Yes. Well, so- maybe that's what threw him to the canvas in the end, he was so psyched out that he just fell over. <laughs> I um. don't think that was it, I think it was
1: a, an obvious, we'll come on to it in a bit, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, the, what they wouldn't have shown on Dave, I don't know what highlights they've shown, if any, was the undercard. Um, no, I don't think
0: they did. Well, if they did, uh, I, I, I didn't watch after the interview, the, oh, I got bored of the interview, listening to David Hay talk about his production company and stuff like that and just promotion companies well you and, couldn't hear it in the stadium so or in, in well, the it, arena it wasn't um, it wasn't interesting it wasn't worth listening to uh, they only turned it on
1: about three minutes into him talking <sighs> um so yeah that's an odd one so was a, there
0: was a few uh tell us what it was like being there and there was a few you said there was a few sort of organizational problems there uh, were a handful um yeah i mean there was one that i
1: text you about that uh, i don't want to give you detail i thought i'll tell you about it now which uh just made me laugh they're right so oh yeah there's a bit of a uh fast getting press passes and things sorted so it eventually gets done you the, the people of the o2 then take you through the guts of the arena essentially you don't go through the normal but you go through a different bit and uh You go down by where the ring walk is. And so when you're in these guts, they're kind of, they're talking between themselves. saying where are they meant to go? Because we were the first ones to get there. There's a couple of us. Uh, Where are they meant to go? Oh, we're not sure. Uh, All right. So they're they're organising themselves. (laughs) This geezer turns up to the right of us. Australian fella. Uh, He's wearing a Team Damori shirt. And uh, he kind of says to me, and uh, and this bird who was there with us, says, uh, oh, you two are, are press as well. I, yeah, he said, oh, where would you get your press pass from? The little um, thing that hangs around your neck. I was like, the window outside, mate, as the email had told you, you go there and give your credentials or whatever. It's like, nah, I've been there, and uh, nah, there wasn't anywhere there to get it. I was like, it's the one that says press above it, mate. <laughs> like, it's not hard to find. It's like, ah... Uh, I'll go back and get it in a bit, don't worry. Like, I'm glad
0: you're not attempting an Australian accent. Buddy. No,
1: no, I can't be asked because it'll be <laughs> shocking. So anyway, this geezer's then like, stood around next to us and he's like, I'll go back and get it in a bit. And so they start walking us through. At this point, like he's got nothing on him that says he's like anything that should be going anywhere else. He hasn't got a ticket, I don't believe. Uh, he's just he's come, got a t-shirt though. he's rolled up and he's got a t-shirt right <laughs> i might be doing him a massive disservice but it just made me laugh and so he tags along with us then and is taken through the i say the guts of the o2 you get taken down then they're showing us where the press room is for afterwards and things um and then leave us to it and this geezer's then like stood around with us down very near to the ring and that was it. <laughs> and then, like, they're playing music, and this geezer's having a fucking jolly old time, right? The music's <laughs> playing, he's there having a little dance, he's got the fingers going up in the air. He's just a fan who's like, I'm not even sure he's bought a <laughs> ticket for the fight. And so you have don't these... Don't need one, though. <laughs> turns out you don't. You have these seats allocated uh, for the press element of it. So you're like, I can't remember, row two or whatever, seat one.
0: So it actually gives you a specific seat. Yeah, there, you have a it?
1: specific seat allocated to each of the press members. Of which this bloke, strangely enough, doesn't have his ticket or like haven't allocated seat, so he's just stood around on like the ring walk bit, like <laughs> just having a jolly old time, having a good dance. The hay fight kicks off later, and he's there going, "Team Oz, Team Oz, Team." <laughs> <laughs> maybe they have a very different approach to reporting over in Australia. I'm not sure, but I think this bloke it. might have blagged That's his way the in. Extent of their reporting, yeah. So uh, this bloke, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing him a disservice, but I uh, suspect
0: you're not. If I'm completely honest, I think was he's done, drunk.
1: No, he wasn't drunk he wasn't until drunk. well, he was Australian, so he probably was, but <laughs> yeah. he wasn't drinking. Um, but he did a fantastic job. He managed to get himself down there, and yeah, uh, yeah fair play to him.
0: Oh, but, I love so, the neckiness of it yeah yeah. Oh, I'll go back and get it in a minute don't okay, worry about yeah. it mate
1: uh, I'm not going to show you the credentials now excuse
0: me you got a pass I'm going to back and get it in a minute alright then well when you do get it come back and show me yeah no drama <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's start talking about the action then uh, the little amount there was of it um, but- well
1: yeah so on TV there'd be very little amount of it but you know had you been there there was a, a relatively full undercard um, that you wouldn't have seen on TV which is a bit of a shame really um so you had wadi camacho versus yindrik Velecki was the uh, the first fight up camacho people may know him as uh, prize fighter champion from a few years back he's got a southern area title shot coming up against dan woodgate uh, in the next couple of months so this was a bit of a tune-up for him really uh and that's kind of how it got treated it wasn't the the best fight in the world valecki uh, he wasn't the most toned cruiserweight I've ever seen. <laughs> I think if he was any taller than about five foot eight, five foot nine, I'd be surprised. And um, his his stomach was. Uh, he'd had a good
0: Christmas. He'd had a good Christmas. <laughs> so was he like a welterweight with timber on him or something? Yeah, timber. <laughs> like we had a ship. <laughs>
1: um. So, yeah, no, he, uh, Camacho dealt with him fairly easily. It was uh, a unanimous points decision. Next up, there was Jose Lopez, uh, who's a big cruiserweight, uh, undefeated fella from London. He was fighting Darren Snow, and the fight lasted 35 seconds. He uh, He put to shame David Hayes. Mm. <laughs> Later efforts, so... He was hanging around? I'm such a loser. <laughs> so yeah, Lopez hits this uh, left hook. Didn't look particularly huge. Um, wasn't a massive shot or anything. But Snow kind of tumbled down in pieces, uh, hit the floor. I was chatting with Lopez afterwards about it, and uh, he was saying that I said to him it didn't look like a big shot. He said it wasn't, but he said I caught him right on the temple, and he's like, "That's what did it. Was uh, oh, the accuracy really? of it rather than the power." Um, and he was pleased with his performance, as you would be, really, when you've done 35 seconds work and, uh, and you get back out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that was quite good. Um, Tony Dodson versus Richard Horton. So Tony Dodson, former British super middleweight champion. Uh, he's moved up to light like, heavyweight now. He's not been that active. Um, and so he's he's hoping to get more active. I've got a piece from on the website from, uh, from a couple of weeks back. Second round in this fight is two bald-headed geese. It's like the Mitchell brothers having a scrap in the ring, like they've fallen out of a Sharon or something. And Tony does they come together. It was quite a scrappy fight for the first There's round. A very
0: dated reference to EastEnders there. I
1: don't watch EastEnders. That's the only. That's literally the only reference I've got. Down in the arches. <laughs> you fucked Sharon. I
0: well, didn't say that, did they? You? You, you fucked know. Sharon. I'm pretty sure any. That's right, I banged her. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <Not> Frank Butcher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Again, a dated that. reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the, it was quite scrappy. Uh, you know, clinched a lot through the first round or so. And then coming out of one of the clinches in the second round, Dodson comes out with this cut above his left eye that was just awful. Um, <sighs> so, really ming, they cut aren't they? Cuts above the eye. Just the, yeah. They just yeah. Op-
0: seem to open up. They look like this was probably Head vaginas or
1: something <laughs> yeah it must have been at least an inch inch and a half wide oh, above just... the eye so blood like the blood was just pissing out of it down his like every time they clinch with they clinch <laughs> more and more it's smearing over uh, horton's back and stuff it was it was horrible to watch the ref had a couple of looks at it during the fight um But what was a scrappy first round, essentially every time the ref came in to have a look at the eye, it seemed to spur Dodson on to like, he didn't want it stopped early uh, because of that, you know, it'd be called a technical draw or whatever if it was too early. And so he seemed to want to get the so, fight Remind
0: finished. us how long it would be before it's not called a technical draw.
1: I'm not sure in this scenario, because it was only a six-round fight. So I don't know what,
0: probably maybe two or, or three Or a 12-round fight, what is it, three rounds? Yeah, or? yeah. Um, so, a quarter of the match, potentially.
1: Yeah, so I don't know what it would been. But Dodson came out of it. It was, As I say, it was a scrappy affair for the rest of it as well, really. Um, Dodson won fifty nine fifty six 56 on points. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the the best looking fight. Dodson came down and he sat next to us uh, later on. Um, and he also absolutely buggered his hand up. Uh, I think he'd broken his right hand by the looks of it. Um, as well as having a left eye that was then sticking out the oh side of his God. face. And uh, I think he'd had like 15, 20 stitches to Jesus it or something. Christ, it that was, doesn't sound... Yeah, it
0: was. The size of that, it sounds about right. I was
1: surprised the referee let it go. And actually, he was saying he was fairly surprised as well. Um, Because he got the doctor up on ringside on two occasions to come and have a look at him, and he he let it carry on. (laughs) The doctor's like,
0: yeah, he's got a cut above his eye and he's pissing out blood. So he's yeah, so thinking, I, yeah just to confirm right carry on
1: yeah but that last fight only went 35 seconds we've got to fill some time here lads so I don't give a shit out, lad.
0: how you feeling <laughs> I'm dizzy and my eye hurts right you should be fine that's how you're supposed to be yeah come on mate we've got some filling to do with. Um so yeah going on to the
1: next one then K Prosper um, light welterweight from Luton fighting Lee Connolly right K Prosper looks a talent like this lad is undefeated Um, he's got a Southern Area shot coming up in March against Danny Carter. Um, So Lee Connolly, yes, he's a bit of a journeyman. Um, He's not the best fighter in the world. But Luke Campbell, I think, took five rounds to finish him off um, at lightweight. Kay Prosper did it in one. Um, Like, absolutely. And it wasn't like he went out and just bombarded him. He was very composed, very accurate with his shots. Um, just so powerful. And I was actually training with uh, Kay down in London on Tuesday of last week, and so got to see firsthand um, like how good he is. And like there was not an inch of fat on this geezer. And like that was Tuesday, and he had a, a bit of weight to lose—not massive amount, but a small amount of weight to lose. So god knows how he managed to lose that because it's like so a little bit fatter up. than you, basically. He's got uh, a little bit of fat on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, so yeah, this lad is seriously a talent to look out for. Uh, he dropped him once in the first round, and Connolly, at that point looked like he didn't really want to be in there. Um, as I say, he was composed. He was, he stalked him back across to the
0: other side of the ring, pinned him in the corner, and just like battered him. Um, and how so long the fight? I mean, you said it lasted one round, but how long was that? How long was the. I fight don't know, time? probably a couple of minutes, right, I guess.
1: Okay. Uh, I didn't record it, but. Uh, it
0: wasn't 35 seconds, is what I'm trying to accept. Like, uh, no, 2 minutes I s-
1: 46, I did record it. Oh, so. okay.
0: So you sort of. Even though it's a very small, f- short fight, you still got a decent look at the guy, even if it was only one round. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the thing was like, just skipping ahead briefly with the David Hayes fight, you didn't. Even though you dispatched Mark Damore pretty ruthlessly or effortlessly or whatever however you want to phrase it the fact is you didn't really see much from him he didn't really prove anything but just because you couldn't see anything it was, lost, it was too quick so. yeah
1: yeah but i mean no, there was enough there to see uh prosper he's he's a real talent this lad um he's not the youngest he's early 30s now so i think they will look to move him on fairly quickly um he says one of the steve goodwin fighters he's Due to southern area shot in March against Danny Carter, who uh, Danny Carter recently lost to Floyd Moore for the same belt. Uh, I don't know, I think it was a different weight category, but uh, I'd be surprised if Prosper doesn't um, prosper out of that fight. We're
0: leaving that hanging there, aren't we? <laughs> If I can find, um, a, if I can find a tumbleweed sound. <laughs> Insane, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's a real
1: nice lad as well. I was chatting to him down at uh, ringside afterwards, and he was uh, he was very eager to go back and watch it himself, and uh, you know, pick out his own faults straight away. I, not that you could say it's punch perfect nothing's really punch perfect, but it was very close to. But he was more eager to find out what what didn't work in a two minute forty six knockout, which I think speaks volumes about his kind of his ethics, his work ethic and his, uh, his ethics of getting it right which, as I say, he, he's one to look out for um,
0: Sounds exciting Yeah, um, I was chatting uh, Given that we need something like this given that, uh, you know, we lost not we lost him but Luke Campbell sort of like came to a bit of a crashing halt the other week didn't he? Yeah he needs to pick himself up again
1: Yeah, i say say slightly different weight categories but he's one to keep an eye out on um, I was chatting afterwards with uh, with Kevin Campion, who's the matchmaker at uh, Goodwin and was matchmaking last night, we were discussing some potential opponents. I won't say the uh, the potential opponent that uh, had been discussed, um, somebody outside of the Goodwin team, but uh, Kevin was quite eager to to possibly get a fight made with somebody of uh, relatively not massively, but relatively well known opponent. Who uh, Kevin was quite confident that K, <laughs> I'll quote, punches holes in him. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the, again, keep an eye out for him He's a good fighter
0: Okay, so what else uh, entertained you before that hay fight?
1: Oh no, there was another fight It was uh, Josh Kennedy who took on Elamir Raphael at Super Bantamweight It was scheduled for four by two minute rounds I don't know the reasoning for the two minute round element of it right, um, right. But it actually went six minute rounds uh, Sorry, six two minute rounds
0: so scheduled for four.
1: The scheduled for four in the program it says four in the the build up it said four and then by the end then of the fourth thirty
0: second fight <laughs> thirty second fight and four
1: and that got well that's kind of up, what we were up. all saying because yeah. we'd all sat and like finished writing our reports quickly on it after <clears> the fourth round and it's like ding ding round five <laughs> <laughs> right okay uh, so yeah it was. Uh, it was a bit of an odd situation. I don't. I'm assuming the fighters were aware that they were about to go an extra couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Kennedy has stopped every opponent he's faced uh, up until last night. It went the full six uh, rounds. Kennedy, I've seen him a couple of times. He's a, he's a good fighter, but he, to me, he didn't keep his composure last night. He didn't. Um, What's the best way of putting it? He looked pissed off at times. Like, the guy he was fighting wasn't particularly good. And I know I've spoken with Josh before. He said about when he's fighting poor opponents, he gets annoyed. So he just wants to knock him out and, like, finish it early because he's getting annoyed. That's how he looked last night. And I think that was uh, typified by, at one point, the opponent kind of, they're in a clinch. And Kennedy just almost wrestled him to the ground. Um the opponent then took a little while milking it getting back up and Kennedy kind of stood in the corner looking almost borderline bored of uh, of being in there with him. I think he's he's desperate to get a, uh, a better opponent in there with himself. Um, Super Bantamweight's an interesting division in the country anyway, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, he not that he lost his discipline, but you could see that there was a frustration in there that... Uh, you know, maybe when somebody fights back against him a little bit more than what Raphael did last night, then um, it, it will suit him better.
0: Okay. Um, what else did we get to see? We got to yeah. see
1: Sigma. No, um, before we got to Sigma, we had the pleasure of—I don't know who these two clowns were from Kiss FM—play uh, some music. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, uh, uh, yeah,
0: I did hear. That was when I first turned on. Yeah. There was some. Yeah. Really, I thought. I. I did think to myself. Look, where's the undercard? Because this is about 45 minutes 50 yeah, Why minutes not for... show some of the undercard action
1: <laughs> on the channel?
0: Yeah, like, just... I thought, what's going on here? Yeah, no, I mean... I did think things to myself, Martin's not going to be impressed with this. No, if
1: <laughs> I wanted to listen to Kiss FM,
0: I would have just put my fucking radio on whilst I'm sat there. I don't need to
1: listen to these two for, like, 30, 30... There's nothing wrong with 10-minute interludes or whatever, 15-minute interludes. 30 35 minutes of listening to these two clowns what
0: I would say though on in defense of this is when we went to Manchester that was painful sitting around 45 minutes nothing yeah for the Lee Saunders one yeah, yeah. it was um, so I'm not saying it was necessarily good but by comparison to that
1: I completely appreciate you need to you know give it a bit of time build the crowd up let them go out and get a few more beers or whatever I completely and utterly yeah. appreciate that you know for the viewers at home why not put on the undercard yeah. um but yeah it was a long time listening to frankly awful music for my ears um i mean
0: it's fair to say i didn't switch on at the beginning of that program so they might have already covered the undercard just Okay. To sort of cover. I, I, I didn't i didn't go bang i don't know what time the program started but i i was out came back turned it on and there was nothing mentioned about the undercard whilst i was I'm sure if you it. want to know, it'll be repeated on yeah, Dave I'm sure it will, yeah. <laughs> for the next but, year. Uh, so, um, in if, case if, if anyone's screaming at their uh, podcast player, going, I didn't show the undercard, yeah. I acknowledge the fact that I didn't see all of it, so they might have done. Uh,
1: yeah, then we got treated to a bit of Sigma, I think they were called. Um, I don't know, it served a purpose. A couple of birds and bloke on stage <laughs> singing some crap dance music, whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not for me. I'm no, not their target really like demographic. That, I think,
0: yeah, I can tell that, yeah.
1: I'm not their target demographic, but it brings something different to a boxing show. So, yeah, I guess their target
0: demographic is kind of 20 to 30-year-old. You probably are their target target demographic. Just I'm not their target person, i.e. they want... To play to people that like them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so yeah, they were they were inoffensive enough, better than listening to the two uh, Kiss FM DJs and oh nothing God, else. Yeah. So uh yeah, then we got onto the, the Hey DeMorey fight. And then it was over. And then it was over, yeah.
0: <laughs> so So beforehand, um I texted you and said, Come on, Demori. And you said it'll be over in one round. Yep. <laughs> um now, at the beginning of the fight, they introduced him as ranked 10th in the world. Oh, don't. It's bollocks. Right. The hard part about that is that, I, that immediately, that was just in my mind, given all of the stuff we've been through in the past, over and over again, on the basis of, like, well, who ranks him <laughs> 10th in the world? No, it's because The he Australian some... Boxing Commission or something. Yeah, he carries some oceanic... <laughs> Belt or
1: whatever—I yeah, yeah. don't know. Like uh, the fact that you can look on BoxRec where they independently rank him, I think number four in Australia. Um, right. So I only know one other Australian heavyweight, which is Lucas Brown. So I don't know who <laughs> the other two yeah. are that are, are surpassing him. So look, he served a purpose as an opponent. He carries a ranking. It's not ten for all governing bodies. I'm not even sure he's in the top ten of any governing body. So I don't know what that ranking <sighs> comes from. But I know he's kind of he has a ranking uh, within them. He served a purpose as an opponent. Like, if you wanted to draw the perfect David Hay opponent, you'd have drawn that bloke last night.
0: Right. So here's my question then. So the perfect opponent for David Hay last night was someone who didn't put up a fight and just got knocked out. Is that uh, how... Uh, surely it would have been someone who tested him a little bit, but then David Hay came through and people thought, oh, he was actually a pretty decent fighter, but David Hay smashed him out. For example, if he'd have beaten someone like Lucas Brown.
1: Yeah, within reason. But, I mean, I'm just talking... I think Hay acknowledged beforehand that he didn't know what he had left. Uh, he didn't know how he'd be. He said in the post-fight press conference about Fool he knew his shoulder could pop out after the first punch that he threw. You know, it's not the same as sparring, etc. He did go
0: on in the, in the post-match... I don't know how much you heard on the post-match interview, sorry about how his shoulder felt strong. Oh, you know, I felt so much power. You know, I feel better than I've ever punched and that sort of thing. That's what he was going on about.
1: Yeah, he said that all in the build-up as well. Um, So,
0: yeah, it was... uh, If you're going to draw... When I
1: saw the size of Damori walking down to the ring and he walked right past me, you know, D-Robes, I thought, you're absolutely tailor-made for Hayes' comeback, right? (laughs) He looks like a bodybuilder. He's... um, he's wide, He's you could tell he wasn't going to be the quickest just by the size of him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the way that... I think the only punch he actually threw of any significance was the left jab. Um, the one which, hey, slipped and then returned with the massive right hand that, like, straight away, I'd imagine that punch concussed him, followed it up with a left-hook mm-hmm. right hand again. So I think that was the only punch he threw, and it was so telegraphed. <laughs> and Hay was saying, and again, in the post-fight that, There was another jab, actually, that he threw, and he said that, you know, I used that to get my time in so I could see how quick the jab came at me. You know, I managed to evade that one, and so from that point on, I left my chin out there for him to try and hit, which is what I did. You know, he threw that left jab, I slipped it, and then I returned with my own right hand, um... So, yeah, I mean, it was that slow that it took him one jab to work out the timing. <laughs> and then by the second he one, he could ponderous. counter it
0: with, yeah. <laughs> with a massive right hand. He did so, look staggeringly ponderous. Like, just, yeah. I just thought, gee, it was like Hay was in fast forward, you know, yeah. in comparison. To I mean, I'm foot sure
1: foot. you've read my interview that I did with Huey Fury this week. She read all my work, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, right, yes, um, so as long as, as, as mean, there are you no probably, follow-up questions probably, whatsoever,
0: can... I've read
1: every single letter of it. Yeah. yeah, so you can probably just say now what I'm going to say about what Huey said about DeMory. Yeah,
0: but I can't capture the spirit and the, uh, the elegance of which uh, The intonation of his voice. Uh... All of those things. Uh, so why don't you just recap it for us? That's what I let you do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh... so <laughs> Huey
1: Fury said they had Demori over for sparring. For sparring, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, had him over for sparring uh, I think it was last year Um, and he said they had him over for a little while and Huey got in and sparred him, before Tyson did, Huey gets in and spars him and uh, he said after he'd hit a a couple of jabs on him, Damori turned around to Peter Fury, Huey's dad and trainer, uh, and said he's hitting me too hard, tell him to hit me softer so Huey was like, right, okay so he said at that point, okay whatever, um so he said I started moving around more then like rather than just planting my feet and I'll just go for a little bit of a walk around the ring and like use my movement practice that so he said I was moving around and Domori stopped the sparring session again and said he's moving too much tell him to stand still
0: Jesus Christ And he
1: he actually described it as a circus act by the time it was finished (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, seeing what we saw last night, I kind of had a heads up from Huey Fury, as you actually read it. Yeah, of course, um, yeah.
0: As everyone else listening to this would have. Yeah. Well.
1: Maybe some of them have, unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I have, I have, yeah. 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 So, uh, no, he um, you know, he made it. Uh, Huey Fury, kind of, when I asked him about David Hayes' return, who was fighting, he actually laughed at me down the phone. Yeah, he laughed on the phone, um, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, wait a minute, that was in the interview. <laughs>
1: um so yeah it was uh i'd had a heads up as to
0: how bad potentially demore could be um i mean he certainly lived up to that expectation i mean did. if nothing else
1: yeah i mean it's a bit of a hard one really like you see hay in the the press conference afterwards almost apologetic to the fans it didn't go on longer so well okay it's all well and good apologize for that that's fine but don't bring this geezer over to fight if you're going to apologise afterwards for... I'm sure Hayes didn't realise it was going to be a one-round blowout, but on the other hand, you know...
0: Well, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in a situation like David Hayes, he's got to weigh up. One, if he comes back... First of all, he doesn't have the cachet to necessarily call out the best fighters in the world anyway. Yeah. But even if he did, he doesn't know if he's going to get banged out straight away. So... He's got to be cautious. It's got to be a soft landing. Yeah, almost like a measured choo- choosing of an opponent. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't want to blow someone away. That's what I would have thought. Because if he does, then um, it kind of doesn't, certainly doesn't build any anticipation for his next fight. Although, on reflection, with other bigger fish waiting out there, after blowing out mm, somebody, some who is effectively a bum, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle with any educated boxing fans going to go right. Yeah, I can't wait for the next fight. I mean, what's interesting? There what did we were, learn from it? He learned nothing
1: other than he can still. He was bulkier. He looked so much yeah, more th- muscular. I think
0: they said he was seventeen pounds heavier. Right. I think that's yeah. What said. I, mean, I think
1: that's probably the Shane McGuigan effect. He's so much more bulkier. His shoulders were hunched over a little bit. His Head you down. You can't see his abs like you could before. No, no. Um, you know his pecs are like yeah huge. Yeah, he did look um, very big. Yeah but he didn't lose that speed with it. So what you say about the the anticipation of fans? I mean, he's fighting nobody last night and he sold that place out. Like
0: what is it? I just don't get it.
1: I would say 14,000 people there last night. What
0: is, um, it? Is, is maybe I'm I'm sort of just close-minded to this or whatever, but I just can't see what the attraction with David Hay is. What is um, it? Do you enjoy watching him fight? Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's a good start. I don't. He
1: he has an allure about him. I suppose that uh, the same way Anthony Joshua. It's almost Anthony Joshua's had his entire career in the time that David Haye's been out. Like David Haye was the Anthony Joshua uh, of before, I guess. Although you know he had the world title. Joshua hasn't reached that level, but he had the. Uh, mainstream appeal of Anthony Joshua plus the success that legitimate boxing fans can get behind. You know, he's a good looking bloke. He's charismatic. um, You know, he had the kind of pay-per-view hype train behind him at the time. He had all those things. Plus, I say, add in the WBA title that he held. He's been away for a while. There's still what I suppose one of the biggest question marks would be, was there still the appeal of David Hay? I think undoubtedly, yes, there Mm, is. Um, Last time he fought, me and you were there, was the Upton Park fight against Chisora. You know, there were 24,000 or whatever at that. Um, He's got a fan base, and that
0: fan base hasn't gone away in the course of three years. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm assuming that um, he'll want to get Another fight under his belt as soon as possible, at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a shallow end and there's a deep end in the heavyweight
1: division. He needs to get in the middle part of it yeah. somewhere. He needs to get kind of neck high, uh, not just dipping his toe <laughs> uh, into the water. He's into damage yeah. Um No, he needs to, you know, uh, take a bigger step next time. Um, quite who's going to want to fight him? Because he hasn't got a ranking with anybody. All he's got is his name, ultimately. So who's going to want to fight him? He's going to struggle, I would have thought, to get any big names in there with him. But he needs to find a way, whether it's paying lots and lots of money or whatever, to get a bigger test than what he got last night and then you know probably set up for a bigger fight towards the back end of this year. He said he wants to fight again in three months. I would have thought he would probably fight again in three minutes based on what he did last <laughs> night. Um, so yeah, we should anticipate seeing him out again in April, I guess.
0: It should have been like Royal Rumble. Yeah, bring in the next one Next next round, next fighter Yeah (laughs) Okay, so let's, uh, I guess um, Move on to other things happening In uh, the heavyweight division Over the course of Well, let's start with last night There's only one Tyson Fury What you got to say about that, Deontay? What you got to say about that, a second.
1: Hold on a second, let's keep this civil here would you like all, to fight? We all know, uh, Fury. You just, you just a phony, man. This is just for act. You know where I am. You know what time. You know what place. I ain't scared of nobody. I'll come in your backyard, baby. For that, my man. I promise Listen, you that Anytime, I, when any you, place you up anywhere, in the ring with a real fighter. When you're a when you when you
0: fighter. That's when what it's all No bother, no bother. So, Listen, anytime, any place, anywhere. I'll fight you in your backyard, yeah, right. like right. a dumb go, I'll beat you, you bum. You're a bum. So yeah, that happened last night. Uh, where exactly was that? Where was it? As in uh, New York,
1: the Barclays Center. Oh, okay. So yeah, Fury had flown over to go and sit ringside. There were two world heavyweight title fights last night. So there was Charles Martin versus Vyslak Glazkov. I'm sure that's
0: which was for the IBF title. That was so the IBF off title, Fury, hadn't they? yeah.
1: The Fury's just had to give up or had taken from him, uh, which. Charles Martin won that fight um, in slightly bizarre circumstances. You've seen it probably better than I have, I think. I haven't really uh, watched it. All well, the,
0: the, the feed that I watched was when um, it's, it's a, a Russian feed of some sort, and the first sort of like 30 to 40 seconds of it is them showing clips of the knockout knockout in inverted commas, um, and then before that, where his knee pops. And the only thing I can compare it to is, you know when Michael Owen was playing for England and he twisted on his knee and it just popped? Which time? (laughs) I can't remember who he was playing against. There's many occasions. I think it it might have been his last appearance for England, but he he went to move and his knee just, you just saw the whole joint drop and it's disgusting how it looks. It looks like a tendon's gone. And um, so he drops at that point, he gets up and then at that point, charles martin starts really going for him as though oh i can sense some weakness in him but there's it didn't look to any at any point up to that point did he look in trouble it was pretty i thought it was a pretty tame stagnant fight really um but then he started having a go at him and and the referee sort of like broke it up and Klajkov walked to his corner and then just shook his head he hobbled away and just shook his head and obviously said he couldn't do it anymore so they called off a fight but um he did, he did get knocked down as well to be fair but, I, but it was again i think it was the knee it, yeah. it just that's what it felt like because he didn't really seem to go down under any sort of at the very least he would have been concentrating on the pain of his knee and not not you know blocking well enough so that was my impression from it
1: yeah i, was, I haven't really watched it myself um <laughs> But yeah, Charles Martin's one of these new breed of American heavyweights that is protected beyond belief to the point where you build... He's got 23 wins now, one draw, 21 knockouts.
0: Jeez, he looks terrible. He,
1: I don't know if he's terrible or not, really, because he hasn't fought anybody that's going to fight him back. So I'm looking into his, his record. Two fights ago, he was fighting Tom Dallas of Britain, right? He'd flown over. Tom Dallas flew over. I think that was in New York. No disrespect to Tom Dallas. He's got a winning record, but he's never been particularly good in England. Charles Martin, this is two fights before he ends up fighting for a world title. He's fighting Tom Dallas, who he's flown over there. Tom Dallas hadn't been in the ring for two years by that point. The last time he was in the ring, he lost a Southern Area title fight to Ian Lewison. So... He wasn't the best in the southern area of England, <laughs> and they were flying him out to fight against this guy who they're building up. So when I say he's got twenty three wins, make no mistake about it; those wins aren't against good opponents. He hasn't earned that place. So he's he's all the time, I don't know. Yeah, how old is he? Uh, what well, is twenty nine. So the fight before that, Tom Dallas one, he fought a guy called Rafael Zambano Love. Zambano Love was who Anthony Joshua fought in his uh, 12th opponent and he knocked him out in two rounds. Um, <laughs> so it was... Uh, the fact that he's fighting for a world title based on what he's achieved is an absolute joke. It's horrible. Um, there are so many more worthwhile uh, or people that could be in that position, but it's a typical building up of a padded record to get to the point where somehow... Same as Deontay Wilder did it. Deontay Wilder, he... Um, the fight before he fought Bermain Stavern, I think it was January last year, the fight before that, that he had, was against Jason Gavin, who uh, Anthony Joshua fought at York Hall. Uh, and that was his level of opponent prior to fighting for a world title. <laughs> it was absolutely shambolic. And... Um, and so, yeah, Deontay Wilder, you know, he's a WBC champion. Fair enough, he beats De Verne for it. Last night, he knocked out Arthur Spazilska. I don't idea if that's uh, pronounced correctly. A Polish fighter. Looks like John Joe Shelby, for anyone that uh, isn't familiar oh, with really? his
0: look. Okay. Um, Graham Mitchell.
1: <laughs> Graham Mitchell. <laughs> any, <laughs> All the same, are they? Any snooker, uh, any cue ball head. Yeah, massive knockout. Um, <laughs> huge knockout. That uh, left Spilska kind of needing to go to hospital after it, but up until that point, Deontay Wilder has done as he's done in his last two title defenses, um, which were against Molina and Duhapas. So that's three title defenses now against, frankly, not fit for purpose world title challengers.
0: So going back to that clip, that was, as people probably guessed, Deontay Wilder and Fury going at it like in terms of like a verbal sparring session. Um, they both say, I'll fight you in your backyard. And the other one's like, I'm going to fight you in your backyard. And, um, the question then comes, like, so you've now got three uh, main heavyweight champions, yeah. right? Now, I'm guessing that even though it's an easier fight, arguably, maybe not, but Fury's not gonna, about to try and take on Charles Martin. Because why would he fight for the belt they just took off him? Um, um, yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I
1: think yeah, he got in the ring and congratulated Charles Martin after his win. Whereas with Wilder, he was in there like offering him out. So I think that probably says quite a lot about the Roots. Right, Not okay. because he's scared of Martin or anything like that. I just think no. that the Fury team are a team of principles. Uh, yeah. And as such, you know, if the IBF are going to be dickheads about it and take their belt away, then fair enough like it, we'll go down and sort the other belts out and then maybe when we're finished we'll come back for yours i suspect that's more their way of thinking than we need to get it back immediately yeah
0: i can imagine that they 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 have once they've they're not going to forgive easily.
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, for the same reason, you know, Fury said he's if David Hay gets into a mandatory position to fight him, he'll just drop the belts and go and fight someone else instead. He's not fighting David Hay.
0: Is this because David Hay pulled out a fights with Fury? Yeah, mm. uh,
1: and the way that it was handled, the Fury team have said, you know, if he gets to that position, we're not fighting him. Um, I mean, as Hay said, you know, money talks at the end of the day, so it's all one and good saying that. Would it happen in reality if it was like a... £20 million pound fight or whatever. If it was like it, Wembley Stadium. Yeah, or... he probably would fight him in that scenario. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, he gets in the ring and he confronts Deontay Wilder. It all turns a little bit WWE. Like, <laughs> Fury's then in the corner, like, going mental at him and, like, stripping down his waistcoat and what have you and, like, proper ready to have it there and then in the <laughs> ring. Referee um, just goes, ding, ding, Yeah, yeah. It. get it on, boys. Uh, um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, Klitschko is up next for Fury uh, in the rematch, so nothing's going to happen. You know, those belts are tied up for the next six months, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, it'd be an interesting fight, I think. Fury schools Wilder. I think Wilder looks so ploddingly averaged against Spilka last night until that big right hand. So, unless Fury becomes ill disciplined, which we saw against Klitschko, he you know, had the discipline to do twelve rounds of, uh, you know, <laughs> against a fighter. You know, every time Klitschko went to throw the right, he couldn't do it because he was so conscious of what's coming back. That's all wilder has got. That's what he's built his career on. Is that huge right hand? <laughs> and like, if if Fury is well disciplined enough to stop Klitschko being able to throw it then Wilder with his windmilling big rights. Like yes, if he connected, no doubt he could knock out probably any man in the world. But there but, must
0: be a reach advantage of Fury as well, my yeah. friend, to keep him up keep yeah. him away anyway. Yeah, uh, I can't see how Wilder beats Fury in any way whatsoever. Like skill wise he leagues below him. Um, it's pretty comprehensive. Do you think he's gonna happen this year? Hmm I
1: don't, that's a good question. I don't know. No, if I had to take a guess, I think Fury fights Klitschko. You know, if he comes through that, I think he'd probably push for it. I just, I mean, uh, Wilder. The reason for my hesitation about it: Wilder is now mandated to fight Alexander Povetkin, Russian fella, only ever lost to Klitschko. It's only lost on the record. It seems like Wilder's team have kind of swerved it a little bit like they've almost planned the diary dates around not fighting Povetkin so when Povetkin (laughs) fights you know they'll fight a month and a half after if I was being cynical that's how it looks (laughs) and so those dates never quite tie up so Povetkin's never then ready to fight when Wilder's ready to fight Um, but it's mandated now by the WBC the interesting thing of course is that now America has two heavyweight champions so Charles Martin as of last night and Deontay Wilder what I can see happening, instead of him fighting Povetkin in his mandatory, because that's a hard fight, is instead he'll fight Charles, Charles Martin, Martin to become a unified champion, and then America has a unified oh heavyweight God. champion. I can see that being quite a logical outcome. There's the a, it's a no-loss the...
0: situation for America, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, yeah. You know, whoever wins is a unified champion. Over, yeah.
1: um, you know, the fact that Martin was fighting on his undercard last night, same date, same place, same TV channels... It all stacks up to being quite a convenient way of uh, of getting those two in the ring and having a unified, in inverted commas, American heavyweight champion.
0: And plus, like you say, Klitschko's, uh, Fury's got his, he's already got his diary dates packed out with Klitschko to start with. Yeah. Um, and then presumably there's going to be some mandatories that he's got to take on after that for his. Or not? <sighs> Who
1: knows, really? I mm. mean, it'll, it'll all come out in the wash a little bit after. I mean, there will be at some point. Um, the fact that you know he's lost one of the titles already means that he's only got the two to go through the the mandatorys for. Um, the whole enforced rematch clause in the contract muddies those waters an awful lot. So it, it would almost, I guess, be like a fresh start once you know if he comes through the Klitschko fight. And um,
0: when's the Klitschko? Uh fight sort of we don't know you It'll be I'd have
1: thought probably March or April, I'd guess. They haven't announced it yet. Um so yeah, I'd have thought March or April. And then once that's
0: out of the way, you're still waiting for what happens politically before anything gets so you're probably looking somewhere in the region of like June before anything was it even get arranged. Yeah, that's what i say, six months the belts mm. are tied up for anyway. Okay, well it's a bit it's a bit uh, slow going then in that in that case. yeah um,
1: I mean, there's uh, no no
0: doubt the Fury Klitschko will be a riveting watch again. I suspect. Um, I think it will still draw a big crowd, won't it? Um, Yeah, yeah. I think
1: probably more so. Um, You know, last time Fury was a huge underdog and people writing him off. So now, you know, can he do it again? There's going to be an increased interest. I'd have thought for for seeing it. Um, You know, there's a. A nice bubbling heavyweight scene at the moment. So we've put together like a few of the names that sit underneath where you've got Wilder, Martin, Fury now uh, as champions. We've mentioned Povetkin earlier.
0: Yeah, because what struck me was if, if Povetkin does have to fight eventually, even if it is the winner of a Charles Martin, Deontay Wilder fight, it could end up that Fury ends up fighting Povetkin instead and never goes and faces either Charles Martin yeah. or Deontay Wilder, couldn't yeah. it? Um, is it likely that Povetkin would get mandated to fight Fury in the meantime? Uh, I don't know where he sits in the other ranking bodies. If no. I'm honest, so uh,
1: I mean, not in the meantime again, because as I say, oh sorry, six not months, in the meantime.
0: Yeah, yeah, There's but six like, months time. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, There's a lot. It's a there's of a the lot of moving water, parts, really, yeah. isn't there? Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I mean, just looking underneath those those title holders, you've got uh, the WBA loving their interim title holders. You've got Luis Ortiz, Cuban. I think he's possibly the biggest threat to Tyson Fury. Uh, You know, Fury's got his WBA super belt. Um, Luis Ortiz, a Cuban, uh, 36-year-old, 24 wins, no losses. Cuban?
0: Cuban boxer, that's a new one, isn't
1: it? He's a South boy, he's a big old lump of a bloke. He's very, very skilful and powerful. Um, It's
0: nice to see... I mean, I say it's not exactly coming through if he's 36 years old, but it's nice to see other... Like, similar to what you... What echoes what you said at the, at the beginning it's shaking the whole heavyweight, up, heavyweight um, division up and it's so nice to see threats coming through yeah um, <clears throat> a question I was going to put to you about Huey Fury where does he go next? Huey
1: Fury I mean as you read in my interview uh, going back to He's so struggling he's, to get opponents, right? He's struggling to get opponents. He um, he was saying to me about the the Tyson undercard where he fought Klitschko and he got a big name. He didn't give me the name, but he said there was a big name lined up to fight that. The guy drops out a week's notice. He said they had four opponents then that they went through in that week, building up to fight weeks, that just none of them ended up taking it, so he didn't get to fight. Uh, he's fighting again... He's going to be fighting on the undercard of Chris Eubank versus Nick Blackwell, uh, which is set for March 5th. He's talking about possibly fighting in February before that. He was saying, basically, like nobody wants to fight him. Um, He said, the problem is, if you get beaten by a 21-year-old heavyweight, where do you go from there? So he said, we offer fights out to all the big names in the division. I completely and utterly believe that, because they used to do it with Tyson as well. Like They're not afraid to fight people. So when you see Charles Martin fighting Tom Dallas like yes you look at Hughie Fury's record the uh, the best name that he's got on there was Andre Rudenko who uh, he Hughie Fury was out for about 9 months with an illness he returned and beat Rudenko who'd only ever been beaten once before and that was by Lucas Brown on a very very controversial points decision um, Hughie Fury like schooled him for the entire session um and he was saying about, you know, I don't go for knockouts necessarily. He said, because I'm learning. And he said, what do I learn if I go out there and, you know, alluded to Anthony Joshua? Like, what do I learn if I go out there and knock people out inside one round?
0: What am I learning? That's true. How many fights has Anthony Joshua had now?
1: Uh, Joshua, what's he had? Uh, somewhere had it? scribbled down. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 15, maybe.
0: And and his most recent fight that we watched up against Ian White, he looked lost. Halfway through the fight, didn't he? Absolutely. couldn't get that knockout. So I could see the logic behind it. It's exactly the same as what Tyson did, which, you know, he didn't knock out every
1: opponent coming through. And that raised question marks. He's gone more rounds. And therefore, has he got that knockout power? Has he got that ability? He's been floored a couple of times. Oh, no, like that's really bad. It shows he's got a bad chin. Doesn't show any of that. Mm. It showed that he's gone through a learning process, which is what Huey Fury's happy to do as well, is go through a learning process. So he's looking to get big names. Um, he said, you know, they've offered Joshua the fight. Um, what, Huey Fury? Yeah. But haven't heard back. They won't hear back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what do you think of the the um, prospects for Huey Fury? How good is he? And how, you know, is, is he going to be a future world champion, in your opinion, do you think? Could he be? He could be, yeah. I mean,. Tyson Fury said that he would become
1: the youngest ever world heavyweight champion. He's missed that mark now. With the nine months that he was out injured, uh, it didn't help him. He could very well become a world champion. He talks about him and Tyson holding all the belts between them. You know, There was a talk about Deontay Wilder a few months back offering out Huey Fury for world title fight, but there wasn't enough time to prepare for it. Um, For Huey Fury? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I think he could, and again, it's one that you haven't seen the best of him yet. And I think until he can get that big name, you won't see the best of him.
0: It's a shame, really, that people are avoiding him like the plague. Um, yeah. What What is he What can he do? There's a, there's no real answer. He to said, it "I'm happy." He said,
1: "People can jump the queue." He said, "That's fine. I'll meet him when I work my way to the top." And I you know get those ranks so the andre so, rudenko fight lucas brown is fighting uh for a wba regular title i'm right, sitting yeah. against uh ruslan chagaev he got that ranking on the back of beating rudenko um he got boosted up the rankings huey fury beats rudenko doesn't get boosted up the rankings no. so he said look whatever people can jump the queue
0: i will work my way up there he's young enough to do it and i think he, he probably will um, uh, is this a, would it be a similar situation if the Furies were both holding titles? They wouldn't fight each other. Ah, they wouldn't fight each other. No, they sparred together, but uh, they wouldn't fight each other. Mm-hmm. That's fair
1: enough. Yeah. Um, so I mean, aside from that, you've got um, you know as you said about Anthony Joshua. Uh, the other one is Joseph Parker, New Zealander. But you know he's another one. Seventeen wins, fourteen knockouts. No, say fifteen knockouts, no losses. He's talking this week about wanting to fight Joshua. He's a little bit jealous about the the opportunities that Joshua gets over here compared to what he gets in New Zealand. He's now basing himself out in New York. Yes, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. He's beaten absolutely no one. Um, Francois Botha, who was okay in the 90s, you know, he got to world title level, never won one, got beaten by Lewis Tyson, I think. Um, but he was like mid 40s when Parker goes in there and smashes him up. It's like that's the best win on his record is a 40-something-year-old, overweight, um, <laughs> awful-looking Franz Bofer. So So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a kind of a quick overview, I guess, um, of where the heavyweight situation is currently. And then you can throw David Hay back into that now. Um, add in Anthony Joshua, you've got a top 10 that's actually very strong. It's very fragmented with the belts going here, there and everywhere. But that opens up opportunities. Uh, I was chatting with Gary Lockett, actually, the trainer for Nick Blackwell yeah uh, Liam Williams both British champions I was chatting with him this week and he was saying about uh, the state and the situation of all the title belts and it being very fragmented and he said you know yes it's a joke that you end up with three title holders from one regulatory body in one division uh, but he said he doesn't see an issue with having four governing bodies having you know their own belts as long as they've got one belt each and like that actually gives the opportunity to create champions and that's what it's doing at the moment yeah. is that you can have champions and then you can have debate about who's going to beat who, and then hopefully it builds for
0: exciting unifications. Which is true, yeah. I mean, um, it's easy to it's easy to rubbish it, and I always did, but yeah, it does make it more exciting when you've got like we're saying now, oh, Jonjo Wilder's is going to fight because it gives. I don't know. It gives cachet to the name, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it to does to an extent. Um, it uh, validates them to some extent. Yeah, but does,
1: it, um, then yeah, unvalidates it when you get someone like Charles Martin with his record. Picking
0: up a title, yeah, but you've got just it, when you look at someone like Hughie Fury, I think who's going to take him on? David Hay wouldn't take him on now, would he? No, no hope. Just because um, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd be scared that his career would end there and then. Yeah, um, no, I think uh, he's not a big enough. It's the
1: risk reward balance that gets yeah. spoken about quite often. That he's a huge risk and a low reward. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't carry a big ranking, so um, that's what he's got to do. Take he's on, got to get the ranking. But then who's going to fight him? Who's going to agree to that fight that's ranked higher than him? Probably not very many people. So the only way at that point to get these fights he wants is to offer money. Um, That's what it's going to come down to, I guess, is who they can buy to
0: get into the ring with him. Painful. That is frustrating. Yes, there we go. Well, I guess we can wrap this up then. Uh, That's an overview uh, the overview of the heavyweight uh, division as it stands at the moment. We haven't gone into anything else just simply because, like you said, there's not a great deal on and we'll most likely do another waffled on for before. too long already anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So,
1: um,
0: all there's left to say is thank you very much for listening um, and we'll see you next time we release a podcast which they are fragmented and uh, all over the place at the moment. I appreciate that. So apologies for that. But uh, we'll try and get one out as soon as possible or at least within a week. Um or most within where I should say. So uh yeah, thank you for listening and I'll see you again next time. Ta-ra.